You've been called to go and you've answered the call. Now I urge you to stay, to endure, to persevere. You're going to face tough times. You're going to face hardship. It's going to be a challenge, but I want you to have the tools that you need to endure. When I was, uh, when I was a boy, we lived in a house that uh, did not have garbage pickup. And so once or twice a week, we'd have to put the trash in the back of our car in the trunk, and my, my dad would drive it down to the dumpster and, and throw it away. On one such occasion, I went with my dad to take the trash to the dumpster, and when he threw the garbage bag into the dumpster, he inadvertently had the car keys in his hand, let go of them, and they went flying into the dumpster along with the the bag of trash. He looks over at me. (laughs) I look up at him. I can see the wheels in his head are turning. Next thing I know, he's lowering me head first into the dumpster. Down there among the muck and the mire and the grime. And I'm digging around trying to find his keys, the car keys, without which we could not even get home. You need some keys, some tools, some weapons to help you endure. In, on July 4th, in, in 1952, a woman named Florence Chadwick, she was a ultra-marathon swimmer. She wanted to swim 26 miles from Catalina Island to the coast of California. She had already traversed the English Channel, swimming both directions, and now she wanted an even greater challenge. It was a foggy morning as she stepped into the cold Pacific Ocean. Two lifeboats accompanied her with men with rifles to protect her from from sharks that were hungry. Her coach was in one of the lifeboats cheering her on, and she began to swim hour after hour after grueling hour. Her coach was urging her. After 15 hours, of course, cramps were setting in. She was was feeling exhausted. Exhaustion was setting in and taking over. And her coach was telling her, you're almost there. Keep going. Keep going. You're almost there. You can do it. Just a little bit farther. But when she looked up, all she could see was fog. She couldn't see the coast. She couldn't see the shoreline. And so she quit one mile from shore. She said later, she said, if I could have seen land, I might have made it. It wasn't the cold or the fear or the sharks or the exhaustion. It was the fog. Students, it's about to get real. It's about to get really real for you guys. You've been studying about this in books. You've been simulating environments, but it's about to get real. And here's the thing that I've realized. Here's the thing that I've experienced and I've learned. The suffering that you expect 
is often not the suffering that you get. The suffering you expect is not the suffering you get. You know, it's not, it's not always the Muslims. Sometimes it's the mosquitoes. It's not always the persecution. Sometimes it's the parasites. But I want you to endure. But not just endure. Look, you know, everybody, everybody suffers. You're going to face suffering. I want you to endure. But I want you to endure with joy. I want you to endure with joy. I don't want you to export a joyless Christianity, okay? I, you know, the Ayatollah Khomeini... In 1979, he preached a message in which he said, there is no joy in Islam. Oh, man. But we've got a source of joy. And when you suffer with joy, it opens doors to the gospel. If you have your Bible, open to the book of Acts, chapter 16. Acts chapter 16 we're going to sort of jump into a middle of a story, a story that's already in progress here. But I'm going to begin reading in verse 22. Acts 16, verse 22. The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stock, feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing the prisoners had escaped. He preferred suicide over whatever the Romans were going to do to him if he failed in his duty. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he had brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds. And immediately he was baptized, he and his household. And listen, listen, verse 34. He brought them into his house and set food before for them. Does that sound like Psalm 23? He makes a, a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced. Greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. Amen. Enduring suffering with joy opens the door to the gospel, opens doors to the gospel. Charles Spurgeon said, Experiences which would be unnecessary to you personally will become your portion if the Lord uses you for the salvation of others. You know, 
the suffering you get isn't always the suffering uh, what you expect. The suffering you expect is not the suffering you get oftentimes. You know, it's not like you're given a checklist of what you, you're willing to suffer. Uh, am I willing to suffer beatings? Uh, check. Am I willing to suffer imprisonment? Check. Am I willing to endure weird, unusual food? Check. But Satan knows your tender spots. And suffering often comes in unexpected ways. Your skin breaks out in a painful rash. Your hair starts to fall out. Crippling joint pain. I didn't sign up for that kind of suffering. That's not what I was expecting. Giardia, boils, being ripped off, being betrayed by other believers. I didn't sign up for my son coming down with epilepsy. I didn't sign up for that. But when you face suffering, you need tools, a deep reservoir to endure suffering so that you can fight for joy and honor Christ by enduring with joy. The first and most obvious tool that Paul and Silas avail themselves of is prayer. Prayer. Now, I don't know how articulate my prayers would be after just being beaten. They, they had been struck with many blows. They were bruised and swollen. But they prayed. Maybe their prayers were little more than groans. Paul would later write, The Spirit helps in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as, how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes with us, for us, with groanings too deep for words. Jesus shows us how to suffer. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate, Peter writes. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges rightly. When I was in seminary, a missionary from Indonesia came and spoke to us. He had been in prison for five months. And somehow he was able to smuggle in a little New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs. And he was in jail there with his national partner, an Indonesian believer. And they were searching the Psalms for some encouragement. And they kept reading in the Psalms, do not be afraid, fear not, fear not, do not fear. And the more they read those passages in Psalms, the more disheartened they became. He, 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 I remember him saying, that, that didn't minister to me. We were terrified. We didn't know what was going to happen. They were really scared. And they were like, oh, we're trying to find some encouragement. But then they found in Psalm chapter 56, verse 3, it says, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. The first tool is prayer. That helps you endure. The second tool, it's right there. Songs. Songs. Maybe a little bit unexpected. Maybe not what you might think. And if I'm in prison, I've been beaten, I've been unjustly accused, I might sing some of those songs of lament. Or I might be singing some of those imprecatory psalms. But it says they were singing hymns of praise. They were singing hymns of praise. Wow. And the third one 
The third one, you may not have noticed it. It's right there staring you in the face. It's friendship. It's friendship. Paul's the one who provoked this uh, beating and imprisonment. He's the one who cast the demon out of the girl and made the people lose their economic source of profit. Silas could have distanced himself. He could have said, I don't know this guy. He could have denied Paul the way Peter denied Christ. He could have taken off, but instead he endured the suffering there with Paul. And and don't you know that made it much more endurable to be there? I've heard it said that in friendship, joys and sorrows are shared. Shared joys are doubled. Shared sorrows are cut in half. They suffered side by side, just like Sam and Frodo were friends. And it was friendship that helped them defeat Sauron as they made their way to Mount Doom. At one point in the Fellowship of the Ring, Frodo is is convinced he's got to set out on this quest by himself. But Merry and Pippin and Sam, they won't let him go by himself. Frodo says, it does not seem I can trust you. Merry says, you cannot trust us to let you suffer trouble alone. We are your friends, Frodo. We are horribly afraid, but we are coming with you, and we are following you like hounds. In 1993, a man named Stephen Ambrose wrote a book called Band of Brothers. It was made into a miniseries later, and one of the privates from E Company, paratroopers there at D-Day, he wrote to his mom, he said, I'm willing to do anything to escape the carnage and the blood and the gore, except let down my brothers. Friendship is a formidable weapon against evil. And we have a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You have friends in your group, but Jesus said, there's no greater love than that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is the one that can see us through. He laid down his life for us. And so when you are dangling upside down in a dumpster, when you find that you need strength and you don't know how to endure, pray, sing, lean on your friends, and most of all, lean on the Lord Jesus. And when you do, when you do, you will find doors open for the gospel. When you endure suffering with joy, Let's pray together. Great God in heaven, thank you that you have called these brothers and sisters to bring your gospel around the world. Now give them endurance, endurance with joy. May they glorify you in all that they do for the good of the nations. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, power of the Holy Spirit, amen.